0: Hey, thank you for checking out our uh, online sermons here. One of the things we always want to remind you is that this, uh, these, these online videos, these online sermons are to be a supplement for your spiritual growth. And uh, we have a deep conviction at Coastal William Church that you should be a part of a local church. And so if uh, you are in our area, we would love for you to be a part of our local church. We meet at 815, 945, and 1115. And uh, we hope you'll join us for one of our services. Praise the Lord, huh? Amen. Man, he is risen. He is risen indeed. And um, it's exciting. I shouldn't have had that uh, second pack of cigarettes this morning. Um, so you're going to have to bear with me as you listen to this voice. Um, it's, it's exciting because last week we celebrated Easter. And, but actually for the Christian, we celebrate it every day. And what's exciting is that today, as you listened to Pastor Sean's message last week, today is the big so what. Now it's time for us to take action. Based upon Jesus rising from the dead, we get to take action now. Christ has empowered us to be agents of love. He's empowered us. And what's, what's so great about the word of God is that he gives us the tools that we need to be these agents of love in this world today. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. We're gonna look at this, this, this idea that we don't need to be afraid anymore, but we need to take action. And the action is not with our fists or with guns, but our action is with love. And it's stronger than fear. It's stronger than everything. And Christ demonstrated that on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 through 19. It's what we're going to look at this morning. And as we kind of look at this, we're going to unpack this. And my prayer is, is that God would so motivate you to look in this world to love those that maybe you want to hate or you want to ostracize or that you're maybe afraid of. And that's the reaction of the resurrection. That's our response this morning from the word of God. So 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 through 19, let's read it. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Verse 13 By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Let's pray. Precious Father, I pray that you would illuminate your word to us this morning through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that Father, you would work in our hearts and lives to change us, to transform us, to be more like your Son, Jesus Christ. We know that's only possible through the power of your Holy Spirit and through the working of your word in our lives. And so, Father God, teach us your word this morning, and as always, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, Amen. amen. Think about this, love is stronger than fear, it's what the Apostle John is telling us here. What are some irrational fears that we have I remember I was thinking about irrational fears that I had as a kid one of the fears that I had that was really irrational is in the old days when the grocery store was about to close they would shut off all the lights except the emergency lights and I would panic because I thought we were going to be locked into the store now I know that's every woman's dream to be locked into a store but for a little kid I was panicked they're going to lock us in the store. Or those childhood fears of clowns for some of you. Now, why, what is it about us adults that want, us, want our kids to like the things Santa Claus? Have you ever seen these kids be screaming and we're trying to make them smile for Santa Claus? My greatest fear, don't judge me, is Elmo. He gets me. He scares me. In fact, it, if you go to uh, Busch Gardens and there's, they have this giant Elmo thing and it just haunts me. <laughs> I watch him with my kids. He makes me crazy. How can you talk that high? And it's like, have you seen who does it? It's this huge guy. Like he's like 300 pounds. It scares me. It's this idea, I mean, you you have these fears, and they're completely irrational. But yet, what happens is, as we get older, we learn to mask them a little better. Think about some fears that maybe you have in your life. Think about some things that maybe you're afraid of. I'll tell you a big fear in the world today. There's a big fear of ISIS. You could talk to people that that they're going to come in and and shoot up something, or they're going to come in and blow something up because of all the things that are happening in the news. And so what happens is is we look to, 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 to isolate ourselves sometimes. But there's a lot of fear today. And it's not just amongst the world, but it's amongst Christians in the church. But here's the deal. The good news is that Jesus rose from the dead. And we don't need to be afraid. Why? Why do we not need to be afraid? Because the word of God tells us here. But what I want to do right here is, I mean, think about it. Why do some people run to the danger and others away? What makes it, what makes, what, why do some people take unnecessary risks to save people's lives while others are running away from the danger? How does one combat the growing fear that is invading our world, our country, and our church? Now, here's the deal. I want to give you some definitions because I want to make sure we're using the same words This is extremely important. And so if you have your pen and paper or lipstick or mascara, I need you to write these things down, okay? First one is this. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. It causes paralysis, flight, or isolation. This is sinful fear, now, sometimes when you read the Bible, you see it says to fear God. This is, not, this is an irrational fear. This is not the fear that we're talking about. In the scripture, the word fear, when it's talking about fearing God, is this idea of reverence. And that's the second thing that you need to write down. It's a deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their Abilities, qualities, or achievements for someone or something that that they're greater than you, they're bigger than you, and so there's this godly reverence or fear that you have. So I I don't want to I don't want to to look at fear in the way that in the godly sense, and this is godly fear. Third word that I think we need to discuss here today as we we look at this is courage. Courage is one's ability to do something that is frightening strength in the face of pain or grief. Now fear is not the absence of fear, but it's the absence of self. It's it's important that you see that. It's the absence of self. That you can still be afraid, but you do the right thing anyway. Does that make sense? That's courage. It's the idea that I'm afraid in this, and I hear these stories. I remember my grandfather telling me stories during World War II, and my dad who fought in the first Iraqi war, and I mean, all the things that are happening, and, and he was in Somalia, and they're telling me these stories, and, and it wasn't, I was like, were you afraid? He says, yes, but that's when your training kicks in. Mm-hmm. And so you do the right thing in spite of maybe your emotions at that moment. So courage is not the absence of fear, but really the absence of self. And the next one is love. Love's an intense feeling of deep affection. It's a conscious choice of sacrifice and commitment. It's not this frou-frou-y feeling of, oh, I'm in love, I love pizza, and I love my dog. It's this commitment that you're committed and you're, you're willing to do anything and sacrifice. The perfect example of love is Jesus Christ on the cross. That, that, that he, he, he died on the cross for our sins, John 3.16, for God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the last one that we want to understand in this definition is trust. It's a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, ability or strength of someone or something, complete yielding of oneself. It's this trust. I'm gonna believe you. And I'm going to place my, my, myself in this, this, this person or this thing. Like you think about of a chair. You sit in a chair. You're trusting the chair to hold you up. If you've ever had one break on you, it's really embarrassing. It happened to me. And both of the people looking to my right and left looked at me and said, I'm so glad that happened to you and not me. But it's really that firm belief, that reliability, that... that, that that you're trusting or yielding yourself there in trust. With all that said, now think about this as we kind of move into the text here. There's some common responses to fear. if If you have your Bible, look at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. The Apostle John says, for fear has to do with punishment. Think about that for a second. Fear has to do with punishment, that you're gonna get in trouble or something bad's gonna happen to you. And so with that, what are the common responses of of fear in this world? The first one is the worldly person. A worldly person surrenders your freedoms so you don't have to be afraid. Surrender your freedoms and you will not have to be afraid. So think about it in this idea that that I don't want to be afraid and so therefore I'm gonna give up Doing something so that I don't have to get hurt. Think about it in a relationship. If you never, if you, if you never give yourself fully to your wife or your husband, then there's never going to be, or you never get married, then guess what? You don't have to worry about having conflict in marriage or divorce. God forbid. And sometimes we isolate ourselves or we or we give up our freedoms of, of that because that's a freedom of enjoying of of this idea of living in community with your spouse for the rest of your life. But you give that up, the freedom that you no longer want to enjoy. Think about it in regards to our country and terrorism. People want to give up their freedom so that they can feel safer. That idea its a big tension today. It's the worldly person, the selfish person. And the way they respond to fear is is they hide, they look out and protect themselves, protect yourself at all costs. It's this idea that you can't, if I don't get out there, you can't hurt me. So there's, there's the giving up of the freedoms, but then there's this idea of hiding. You just hide and isolate yourself. In fact, when you think about it in the church, when we don't understand certain things or whatever, sometimes the church has a tendency to hide Think about it in the 1960s when they kicked prayer out of school. There was a lot of fear that the, that the kids are, are going to be corrupted. And so what happened was in the 1960s, there was this huge spike in elevation in Christian schools because they were afraid that their kids were going to get the Christian education, so they started Christian schools. So all of a sudden, there's, there's this idea that we're going to isolate ourselves a little bit. I'm not saying that they were selfish. I'm just saying that there was this there was this sense that if you hide too much, then you're not gonna be in the world. You're living in fear if your motivation is that. And the last thing is the godly person. And the godly person is this idea that they love someone or something bigger than their life, bigger than your life, and live the gospel. This is, this is, this is the fear that, this is, this is this idea of us being fearless as Christians because Christ from the, rose from the dead now let me, why is, this, why is this the godly person? And I want to read this passage here again in verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. We, because God sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross, this is the perfect love. Do, do, we, do we see the correlation here? The perfect love is not from ourselves. The perfect love is from God who sent his son Jesus to die for us and died for our sins. And when we, by faith, receive Jesus Christ into our life, guess what? We're saying that he took the punishment of the cross for us. So guess what? We don't have to be afraid of what's to come. When we stand before God on judgment day, guess what? The punishment for our sin has already been paid for Because of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And because he rose from the dead, therefore we know that it worked. See, that's the part. And so therefore, what's the response then that the apostle John is telling us? To love fearlessly. He loved us. We we can love because he first loved us. Perfect love cast out all Fear. That perfect love. And not just... So think about the fear that that, that maybe right now is gripping you. Think about the idea. Here's the deal. The people that are blowing themselves up and strapping bombs to themselves, they need Jesus. They need someone to come in there and to communicate the gospel. They need Bibles. The refugees that are coming over, they need Jesus we don't need to be afraid of them and isolate ourselves from them we need to teach them perfect love the perfect love that's been shown to us through Christ see is that not beautiful see that's what the apostle John is saying here because he justified us that means he paid for our sins on the cross we experience this perfect love and because that perfect and what's the result of that perfect love it casts out all fear because when we stand before God one day, what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 16? He says, don't fear the one that can kill the body. Fear the one that can kill the both body and soul. We can be fearless. We, we can be fearless to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about stupid fear like Mountain Dew commercials. I'm going to go bungee jump now without a bungee cord. Yeah, because I'm intense. You know what I'm talking about? Those guys that are like, Yeah. Shoot me up with some of those steroids, and let's go. You know? I'm not talking about jumping out of an airplane, a perfectly good airplane with a parachute. Some people want to respond that way. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's not fearless, that's kind of careless. But some people are really into that. So man, if that in, go with God, enjoy your freedom. OK? I'm talking about being fearless of saying, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go on a missions trip. There's a missions team right now in Honduras. And given what's going on in the world, it's a little dangerous to travel overseas. I'm gonna go on a missions trip to proclaim the gospel to some people and to train some pastors. That's, 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 That's a fearless, godly risk. You have an opportunity to go and proclaim the gospel. So let me give you some Biblical examples of love over fear. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at these three quickly. We're going to look at Jonathan here. First Samuel chapter 14. We're going to go real fast through this, so buckle up. 1 Samuel chapter 14. Verses 1 through 7. It says, one day Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men, including Ahijah, the son of, and then we're just gonna go through some names that I'm just gonna butcher, Ahiratub, Ichabod's brother, son of Phineas son of Eli, the priest of the Lord in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison. Now, this is what's happened. The Philistines are the enemies of Israel, and they basically have inhabited the land, and they're torturing the people on this path that goes through. And and Saul is waiting and kind of in hiding a little bit. Nobody's taking an advance for the kingdom of God. So what's happened is the enemy has taken ground. And Jonathan looks at his armor bearer and basically says, let's go. Verse four, within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on one side and a rocky crag on the other side. The name of the one was Borez and the name of the other was Sinna. The one crag rose on the north in front of Mish. Uh, and the other in the south, in the front of Gibeah. Verse six, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And His armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you heart and soul. This is fearless. Why? Because the enemy had taken something, had taken something that belonged to God. It was the promised land. And so therefore, he was going to go and take it back. And basically, he said, listen, God's either gonna save us or he's not, but it doesn't mean we're not gonna go and be obedient. Next, Esther, Esther chapter 4 Verses 10 through 16. This is just an incredible story of this young woman who becomes queen of the Persian Empire. Then all of a sudden there's this guy, Haman, and he wants to kill all the Jews. And then Esther comes on the scene and Mordecai, her cousin, says, you need to go to the king. And she says, if I go to the king and he doesn't put out his scepter, I'm gonna be killed because he didn't ask for me. And this is the response and the, and the, the reaction of what, what's going on here in Esther chapter 4, verse 10. He says, Then Esther spoke to Hatchet and commanded him, Go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and the people of the provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except the one who the king holds out the golden scepter to so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Mordecai told Esther what was said. So Esther had communicated this. And and basically, listen to Esther's response in verse 16. Gather all the Jews and be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days or night or day. And I and my young women will also fast as as you do then i will go to the king though it is against the law and if i perish i perish it's this idea that she was going to save lives she the love for god's people was greater than her own life it's this idea that the that the love for The kingdom of God, that something that belonged to God, Jonathan was taking back. The love for God's people was greater. And let's look at the greatest example of love over fear. Now, was Jonathan afraid? Probably. Was Esther afraid? Yes. Jonathan was afraid. And then heres was Jesus. Did Jesus experience this? Turn over to John chapter 14, where love is stronger than fear, and we can see it in Jesus' life. Now, not to say that Jesus had fear, But I think Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus struggled with every sin that we struggle with yet without sin. So he was tempted with everything that we have been tempted with, the temptation to fear. In John chapter 14, it's important here to see. John chapter 14, verses 28 to 31 Here's what it says, you heard me say to you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Listen to verse 29, and now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you will believe, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know, and if you have your pen, underline this in your Bible, that I love the Father. He loved the Father greater than his own life. And so therefore, what did Jesus do? He fearlessly went to the cross for us to die on the cross for our sins and rise again from the grave. So what does all this mean? What's the, uh, there's enough examples read some scripture. Apostle John is communicating perfect love casts out all fear. The perfect love is that of Christ. Here's three truths about love conquering our fear in our everyday life. The first one is this. The love of God is stronger than my fear. What are you afraid of this morning? What's what's that? Maybe you're afraid of the dark. Maybe you're afraid of the boogeyman underneath the bed. Maybe you're afraid of, of something a little bit more. Maybe being alone Maybe you're, what are you afraid of? And some fears are rational and some fears are extremely irrational. But it doesn't matter, they affect us the same. But the love of God is stronger than my fear. God's love for me, his perfect love has cast out my fear. Why? Because he did it on the cross. There's no coming judgment for those that have received Christ. Christ. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, therefore I can trust in the Lord with all my heart, with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I can trust, my response is that I can trust Christ's perfect substitution, perfect substitutionary death on the cross for my life. Secondly is this, that the love of God emboldens me to trust God no matter the circumstances. Wait, but you don't understand, this could cost me my life. You don't understand, this could cost me my job if I talk about Jesus at my job. You don't understand. Hey, listen, I understand this, that we can trust that God is in control, he's sovereign. It's not just songs that we sing. It's who he is, And that we are his children and just as you want to give good gifts to your children so the Father in heaven wants to give good gifts to his children. And sometimes in those circumstances we can be overwhelmed with fear that we don't take action. But because of his perfect love it should embolden us to trust the Lord no matter what our circumstances are. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 it says the fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Do you want to be a man pleaser or do you want to be a God pleaser? Do you want the praises of man or do you want the praises of God? Number three, the love of God allows God to be greater than myself. It brings obedience. It's this idea that because God loves me, it allows me to be greater than myself. That I can do things fearlessly even though I'm struggling with this Fear. This emotion. I can go and talk to somebody about Christ. I can go on a missions trip. There's a team in Honduras right now. We need to be praying for them. I mean, us moving down, we've run into so many different little issues. Personally, in my own life, I had to move yesterday. Thank God for Howard and his F-250 pulling this trailer out of the mud. It was incredible. I mean, all the people that came to help. I didn't want to move. This is the worst time to move in the middle of the year. Mark Thompson was there. I mean, I mean a lot of you were helpful, so helpful. And it was like, why am I mo- Well, because our ceiling collapsed in the midst of this. So hey, I've got an idea. Why don't I buy a house in 45 days, move, and be responsible for a project down there and move the church and all the other things that are going on in my life? Why? Because here's the deal. The devil doesn't like that. The enemy doesn't like that. So careful, he's going to come against us? But I don't need to be afraid because perfect love, Christ, love on the cross, casts out all fear. So that I know that all things, this is Romans 8, 28 now working. So I know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You see how that works? Proverbs 18.1, it says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. It's that idea of, no, I don't need to press away from what's going on, press away from the battle, but I can press into the battle. Why? Because Christ already died on the cross, paid for my sins, rose again from the grave. I can be fearless Amen. in walking in Jesus Christ, What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And that's the beauty, is perfect love casts out all fear. Christ demonstrated it on the cross. And maybe if you're here this morning, maybe you've just forgotten that his love has conquered fear. And because Christ rose from the dead, I can walk fearlessly in the Lord. I don't have to isolate myself. And when I sin, guess what? Sometimes my sin causes me to isolate myself. No, I can confess it because Christ already paid for it. And he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Therefore, we can be active. We can come here and feed the hungry, the people that smell, the people, maybe the people that are just struggling and falling on hard times. One of the greatest stories that I've ever heard and I just want to close with this is Pastor Jim Simple. He's in New York City. He's got a church called Brooklyn Tabernacle. He said he had just gotten a new suit and there was this homeless man that came in, probably hadn't taken a bath or a shower three years. He said I could smell him coming down the aisle. And I was talking to all of these people afterwards and I didn't want to talk to him, but he wait, patiently waited for me. And he said, I, I didn't want to go over to talk to him. I mean, he was scary looking. And, and he said, you know, he, he said, I, I, I was struggling and struggling. I was in my new suit, and then there's this guy, he's probably going to get a stench on me. And I mean, it was all this stuff, ooh. Probably, you know, probably did drugs and maybe he's gonna poke me or stab me or he's gonna do something and hurt me. He said, all these irrational fears happened. And he said this and he said, finally, there was nobody left and it was just me and him and so I had to walk over. I man, and the guy reeked as I got close to him. And he, he had urine smell and feces smell all over him. He says, and I walked up to him, and before I could say anything out of my mouth, he said that God so impressed my heart to love him and to demonstrate that love by hugging him. He goes, that's the last thing I wanted to do. So he walked up in his new suit, and he said, you know what? And I just embraced him. I just embraced him. And I started to weep. And he started to weep. And he says, and this is the verse that the Lord gave me. He said that he, he said, if you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. He said, and I realized in that moment that I just wasn't hugging this, this, this homeless man that reeked. He said, I realized in that moment I was hugging Christ. We've got to get past our fears to love uh, fearlessly. We, we need to look and we need to be able to love the way that Jesus loved on the cross where he held nothing back. And if you're here this morning and you're afraid, let me share something with you. His perfect love casts out all fear. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, it's my prayer this morning that you would would believe and receive Jesus Christ into your life this morning. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Precious Father, we love you because you first loved us. And you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And God, you have empowered us through the power of your Holy Spirit to love this world. And you have called us, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, as a church, we would do that. And I pray, Lord God, that as a people, we would do that. Thank you for those that are doing that, Lord God. Encourage them. Help them to be more fearless for you, Lord. Lord, help us to love you, Father, more. Because in that love, Lord God, we get to love others. I pray, Lord God, if there's someone here that has never received you as personal Lord and Savior, I pray that they would call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. I pray that they would confess their sins, they would ask God to forgive them of their sins right now, and they would ask God to come into their life and to save them. Believe that you died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead, and they would say, Jesus, come into my life. I pray that right now, Lord God that there would be people in this auditorium that would receive you, Lord Jesus. God, make us more like your son, Jesus Christ. We love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. We're excited about what's beginning next week. We're gonna be going through the book of Hebrews. We're gonna take the next season of our church. Pastor Sean's gonna take us through the book of Hebrews. You're not gonna wanna miss it. We're gonna begin going through Hebrews and it is a fantastic book. When it comes to this idea of love in action and looking at Jesus' life and how we need to respond because of what Jesus has responded, you're not gonna wanna miss this series that's coming up on Hebrews. We'll begin that next week. Also, if you're a member, don't forget to stay here afterwards as as we vote on the Ebenezer, the receiving and the dispersion of the Ebenezer property. The ushers are gonna come. We're gonna be taking some offering and um, let's pray for the offering. We give because he first gave to us. We love because he first loved us. Freely we receive, freely give. And so therefore, we can be fearless in our giving. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your gifts to us, Lord. We give back to you everything that you've given to us. Lord, it all belongs to you anyway, Lord God. Thank you for making us stewards Help us to be faithful, Lord God, in our giving. We thank you and praise you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen.